Good day, everyone. Uh, for the first five minutes of this episode, you may hear a bit of glitching, but don't worry. It is only for the first five to seven minutes. After that, the connection gets good and everything is gravy. So we hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you. Hello everyone, welcome back to the One Talk podcast. You're here with your host, Ryan. I am very excited and keen to talk to Brad today, his story, what he's doing now and where he's heading, heading in life. I feel there's so much value to be said here and so much value to be held. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode and welcome, Brad. Hey, how are you? Good, brother. How are you? Yeah, I'm awesome. That's good, man. What have you been up to today? Um, today, I... Um... Actually, when I got some photos of my car, going to sell it and uh, just hit the gym before this. Yeah, nice. What type of exercise are you doing for gym? Um, so today was a chest day. So a uh, bit of bench press with dumbbells and uh, your bar. And uh, yeah, just focusing on your upper and lower chest. Yeah, nice. How long have you been doing that for? Like exercise um, at the gym? I've been in the gym. Yeah, I've been in the gym since pretty much um since before i was even um able to learn to walk again after my accident i um signed up at a gym and got myself in there um mm. definitely the place to just clear your head and um yeah be with yourself so yeah that's it brother day and it's very admirable um hearing your story too and i'd love to um bring it back a bit and go on a bit of a deep dive for the guests and for the listeners to listen to if you'd like to go back a bit for us yeah. Um, okay. So we'll sort of go back um, a few years before. So all my life growing up. Um, so sort of from about the age of 13, um, that was the first time I got admitted to hospital um, for attempted suicide and mm. got admitted to hospital um, and pretty much told, I kept telling myself that I was fine. There was nothing wrong that I didn't need anyone's help. Um, pushed everyone away. I didn't speak to the counselor or anything there. Um, pretty much refused their help. Um, told myself I was fine. And that's sort of where um, it all started. So from all my life, from that point on, I was always telling myself, like, you're not good enough. You can't do this. You can't do that. Um, and then that sort of just went on for years. And it was like, I never um, actually got to the point of wanting to do it. It was always just talking to myself and um, telling myself I'm not good enough, that I can't do it or whatever. And then um, I got to 17, had a few things happen in my life and I got to a point where I'd pretty much just given up on everything. Um, in the time, I didn't have too many resources around me just because of my environment. So it was a very alone feeling. Um, and then I did, I, so the sort of day it all happened, um, it was just a normal day. I went to work, um, nothing out of the ordinary. And then it was sort of just through that day, a lot of things built up. And by the time I'd finished work, um, I left work and went home. Um, I came inside and just sort of went inside, got showered and left. Didn't speak to anyone, didn't do anything. So that was the first sign. As soon as I did that, my dad even said he knew something was up. Um, from that moment on, um, all night I was just driving around um, and couldn't – I didn't know I was going to kill myself, but I just didn't see any value left in my life. Like I had nothing there. I didn't see how I was valued in this earth anymore. It was um, – felt like I was just taking up space. And um, got to about 8 o'clock that night and – I was driving down a, um, it's not rural, but it's a sort of windy um, road that goes down a mountain. And I got to the bottom of it. I came around a corner. Um, I don't exactly remember this moment, but people that saw me uh, have my accident said that I was doing quite high speeds around that corner. And as I've come around, um, I saw just some black hole, a black hole in the trees and got myself to a point where I looked at that and I actually um, just told myself that I was ready to go. 
and pretty much just drove straight. And then after that, so about two weeks, I was in a coma for two weeks. Um, and then, yeah, woke up in hospital and had no idea what was happening. It was all um, pretty was scary your, to wake up there. And When you woke up from your coma, what was your last memory? Um, so my last memory was actually about two days before it happened. So um, two days before was the Sunday. So it happened on the Tuesday. Sunday at about 11 a.m., I was in Coffs Harbour. So I filled my car with fuel in Coffs Harbour. Last thing I remember is putting the fuel in my car. And I, I remember just bits and pieces from um, those two days uh, leading up to that event. So um, two days, so everything in between the Sunday and Tuesday was just more bits and pieces? Yeah, it was just, um, I remember, mostly I remember parts from that night um, and telling them I was going to do it on the passenger side floor. So, yeah, just bits and pieces over that whole night. Um, yeah, and last thing from that night was I remember, yeah, just looking ahead of me when I got to the corner and it was sort of like, that moment I remember very clearly, it was just like time stopped yep. as I came around the corner. It was like time just stopped. And I got a moment where I got to look ahead of me and sort of value myself and the position I was in and just, yeah, pretty much from that point, it was just shut my eyes and yeah, did what I had to do. So waking up from the coma, what was the next step forward from there? Yeah, so waking up from the coma. Um, so straight away I woke up and didn't know what happened. So woke up, both my legs were in casts and um, I sort of just said, hey, guys, like what's happening? And um, hmm. I got told you've been in the car accident. Um, sort of went through that process of, uh, I think it was just trying to give me what I needed to hear. They, I didn't get the full story straight away. Um and then, yeah, just next few days was um, doctors coming in telling me that uh, I'd never be able to walk again. I'd never be able to drive again. And I'd be, I'd never be back at work again. Yeah. Um, so that was sort of those first few days in hospital. I just got that laid out to me that I was never going to be a normal person ever again. Were they able to provide any sort of mental health help at that stage? Yeah. So me being in hospital, um, due to the severity of my accident and the costs that were involved with it, um, mm. I got NDIS insurance. Mm. So when I was in hospital, I got um, counsellors and physios, um, OTs and stuff when I was in there. And then from the moment I stepped out, um, NDIS supplied me with, um, counselors, physios, mm. pretty much everyone that I needed uh, for the recovery. That's um, really good. But I did find through physio and stuff, there were a lot of limiting beliefs around what I could and couldn't do mm -hmm. just due to what the hospital had said, not what I've, um, what I've actually shown. It was just what they'd been told. Yeah. Yes, it was really good that they were able to set you up with an NDIS package at that stage and help you support with that because the amount of support you can actually go and get with that is magnificent because I did work with NDIS for a fair while and having that service there is amazing. So that's really good, brother. So in terms of getting the physio and stuff underway, um, how long was the process until you could start walking again? Um, yeah, so coming out of hospital, um, so my legs, because I had broken both my legs and I clean snapped the bones um, and got plates put in, they had to, um, they had to heal enough um, so that they were strong enough for me to walk. So there was about a three-month process where I was just in a wheelchair waiting to get that certificate to say that they were strong enough to walk. Um, so I was doing physio and stuff, just trying to get movement in my knee because there was um, such trauma to my knee. It was overcompensating scar tissue and causing me to get very 
um, limited movement in it. Mm. So the first few months was um, focused on getting my movement back within my leg. Um, and then pretty much the day I got my certificate um, from the doctor saying that I was strong enough to learn to walk again, uh, I went into my physio, gave him the certificate and pretty much told him to put me in the bars so that I could like try and stand up and learn to walk. And walking in there, they told me that um, even though I had my certificate, I didn't have enough movement within my leg because I couldn't straighten it fully yet. Um, they told me that if um, I was to walk, that I'd fall over. And yeah, I pretty much heard that and said, nah, like that's not going to happen. There's no way I'm not learning to walk. And they said, well, we're not teaching you. So like that was it. So um that night I was at home, I was in bed and mom yelled out the dinner was ready, came in, um, pulled my wheelchair over and I was like, nah, mom, put that back. Don't need that. And put it back, grabbed my hand and pretty much just pulled me up and taught myself to walk. Wow. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a pretty good moment being able to walk back into physio yeah. and sort of shit, show them that they were wrong. <laughs> The amount of courage and heart that takes as well, like within, like to have that fight within you to be like, no, fuck what these people are saying. I am unstoppable. I will do this. <laughs> Thanks, brother. That's really a test to your character because the men I see in front of me, the men I know is a very strong, courageous person. Yes, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah. So what was the initial reaction when they saw you walking? Um, well, instantly I walked in and... It was, even though I'd proved them wrong, they had to find something wrong with it. So straight away they were like, oh yeah, you're walking, but you're not doing it right. Yeah. And I was like, well, obviously I haven't walked in, th- I hadn't walked in three months beforehand. Mm. And um, as much as you can think about it before you walk and you go, oh, it's easy. You just walk, you get up and you do it. Mm. When the time actually came up for the three months, it um, proved a lot more difficult than I initially anticipated. Yeah. yeah, because um, when I, because I had something similar in terms of I got hit by a car, had the back injury, I struggled to walk for about three months, and they all told me that I'd never be back in the gym. I, w- I probably wouldn't be working a job that requires too much movement again. Um, and little did they know, you know, a couple of years later, I built on like fifteen kilos of muscle from going to the gym every day, and I'm in back in physical work, and you know, I just there's always more to what a professional opinion can offer. And in terms of going out, doing your own research and believing yourself as well. Yeah, exactly right. And um, yeah, that's one of the reasons why um, I was so keen to get on this podcast is because I've heard a little bit about your story and where you come from and where you are. Mm -hmm. And like, I love that because there's not many people I meet that have gone through something similar that I can actually relate to. And I find that you're someone who's actually done that. They've been told you can't do this. You can't do that. And you've gotten through it. And um, yeah, I love watching that. Love watching people around me just push past limiting beliefs and absolutely kill it. hundred percent. It's going to come with a little bit of stubbornness as well. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well man so when you started walking that would have been a really proud moment for yourself did that give you more of an uplift to start pushing more forward and doing more things yeah so it was i think that was um that was the first step in a long process so uh, my recovery i still don't think it stopped to this day um it was five five years on the seventh of this month um, and I feel like my recovery is still going and it's going to go every day mm. from here forward. Um, I don't think that the human body can ever get to a point where you go, I've recovered. It's always going to grow and it's always going to keep pushing past those limits. And um, yeah, every single day I wake up and try and find something where I can challenge myself and push myself outside the comfort zone um, so I can grow my mindset, grow my body and um, really my main focus now is um, getting my mindset to a point where that isn't like mental health isn't even something that I, I need to worry about within myself because I know how much I struggled with it my whole life and how 
it can affect you so much. Um, and I feel like now I'm at a point where I can start helping other people and bringing awareness around it because um, I know when you're in that situation, you sometimes just don't get support and stuff from your friends. So people actually need to be aware that if someone comes up to you and says that they're struggling with their mental health, don't just brush it off and walk away. Like it is something that needs to be addressed in society because there's too many friends and brothers and sisters dying from it every single day. 100% brother. And there needs to be more education out there and how to respond to someone with uh, mental health issues or suicide ideation. Like I know in school we do our first aid, but there is a program out there called mental health first aid. Uh, I don't understand why that isn't a mandatory protocol for everyone to learn in the world because understanding and being able to support someone with mental health issues is huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. Like I don't know why it's not something that's um, provided within schooling systems for young people growing up because like that's where most of this stems from is when you're a kid, you're just getting your, your mindset's just taking over your life. And that is when people are sponges as kids, we need to have that implemented from a young age so that it's not something we grow up with and don't know anything about. We actually need to know how to react to it and how to help people in these situations or it's, I feel like it's just going to keep happening. So that's why I feel like, one day I'm going to be able to be a part of that change and a part of that movement to um, bring some more awareness around it. Yeah, exactly. Because at a young age, that's where our conditioned beliefs come in because what we're taught is what we take, especially up to the age of seven. That's when we're rapidly in the fetal brainwave state as well. And we take on some information and remember it. And that does bring in our conditioned beliefs the rest of our life. So I think that's the beauty of um, social media and stuff these days for especially someone like you to push a message out there because a lot of kids or most of the kids these days are scrolling on social media. And if someone can find your page, my page, someone else's page on Instagram or wherever it is and listen to your conversations and your story and be able to be inspired by that and also learn tools from you as well. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel um, social media these days is a big platform and um, at a young age, I know that a lot of people are just scrolling through social media and it's a tool that can either help assist your life in moving forward or it can destroy your life. Mm. And I feel like for a lot of young people, they're valuing themselves off what they see on social media. So that's why I just feel like we need to start making a change and not creating this ideal life that everyone looks at and goes, why don't I have that? We need to be real about it and say like, no one's life's perfect. Everyone has shit they need to deal with. Mm. It's just a matter of if you show that or if you don't. Um, and yeah, if anyone does jump on my Instagram, um, I do have a bit of um, a video up there and stuff of a bit more background into my story. Um, and like, I'd love to reach out to anyone that's um, yeah in that situation that I was in because I know exactly how it feels. Mm. And I know when you're in that situation, all you want to do is talk to someone who knows how you feel. Mm. Someone who understands, someone who actually listens rather than just hears what you're saying as well. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, 100%. And going back to social media too, like comparison is the theft of joy. So you got to be careful of what you consume from social media. So, you know, like I did a big detox like a couple of years ago where I just unfollowed everything that wasn't, rather someone I knew personally that I love being around or um, rather something that doesn't add value to my life either because otherwise you can get lost of just scrolling through ripped ass dudes thinking I wish I looked like them and scrolling through loads of other things like rich people and stuff thinking I wish I was like them. Then you start comparing that to your own life and then it steals your joy and happiness. So kind of be careful and monetize what you're looking at. Yeah, exactly right. And um, I feel like, yeah, at such a young age, that is like, that's where most of uh, mental health is stemming from these days is people just sitting on their phones, scrolling constantly. As you said, they're looking at ripped guys and going, oh, why don't I look at that like that? And they're just continually putting that in their subconscious mind, like telling themselves, why don't I look like that? I'm not good enough. 
their subconscious mind is then telling them, well, you're not good enough. You can't do this. Whereas I feel if um, we just change the way we look at social media and how we use social media, we'll be actually be able to benefit from it rather than have it taken away from our lives. We'll actually be able to use it to push ourselves forward and mm. actually be bringing value to our life instead of taking from our lives. 100% because our subconscious mind too, it takes on every bit of information as literal because it's literally a data system which intakes knowledge and intakes information and stores it. So take everything is literal. It doesn't know if it's any, if you're joking about yourself or doesn't know if someone's joking about you or what you're hearing or what you're saying is bad or good. It just takes in as information and that conditions itself to act and feel a certain way. So that's why you got to be careful what you consume because your brain is literally just a data system just waiting to respond out in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if there's one book I would recommend around um, learning a bit more about how the mind works and how your subconscious mind works is the power of the subconscious mind. Mm. Um, I'm about halfway through it at the moment and it is definitely like, it is one of the best books. It just teaches you um, the actual power that your subconscious mind has on you and things that you're being told and things you're hearing things that you don't even think affected you one bit have set in your subconscious mind and they're constantly telling your conscious mind and making decisions for you without you even realizing. Um, yeah. That so can yeah also, you know, oh, sorry. Uh, if, yeah, if anyone wants a book recommendation, I would say go and grab a copy of that. Yeah. Who's the author of that book? Um, I will tell you right now. I'll run over and have a look at it. <laughs> yeah, wicked. Our my old brother's run over. I recommend The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And the author of Power of the Subconscious Mind is Dr. Joseph Murphy. Oh, wicked. Yeah. Yeah, because I think educating yourself on your subconscious mind, conscious mind, and everything involved with that is important. Because it is literally our whole being from the day we're born to the day we die. So I think it's important just to learn more about yourself and understand who you are and how your brain works and how you function and how you take on information and how that information also relays out into the world, you know, because to live a life you truly desire, I think you've got to have some sort of understanding of yourself. Yeah, yeah. I Like now that um, I've started getting a bit older and investing um, a lot of my time, money and effort into self-development, I have actually mm. realized that starting self-development, a lot of it is actually bringing up things from my past that I've never dealt with, mm. things that I've just had within my subconscious mind that I didn't think were affecting me, things that have happened years ago that I just thought I'd gotten over, moved on from, um, actually bringing things that have happened in your past up, acknowledging that it's happened mm. and letting go of those things can be very powerful and it can help a lot with the subconscious and conscious mind because whether you know that they're there or not, things that have happened within your life mm. have just compounded, compounded and built up to this point where a lot of mental health stems from things within your past. Mm. So yeah, once you start, um, diving into the power of the subconscious mind and just learning about yourself, you do realize quite how much um, it can affect you. Yeah. Being able to acknowledge the beliefs that you're conditioned with, but also then able to release them afterwards issues. Cause once you acknowledge them then you can work on them to release them. Like I remember the first ever like retreat I went to for like a breath work meditation sense. And I was in like a deep breath and I was screaming, um, I forgive you. And then when I woke up at the meditation breath work, I was just like, whoa, I didn't even know I had to forgive that person because I knew something happened in the past and I thought I brushed it away. Like I was like, oh yeah, it's cool, whatever. But I never truly forgave. And in that moment, that release came off my shoulders. So being able to understand and release that is huge. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I had a similar experience at um, Morgan Nelson's Dream Out Loud event. Shout out to Morgan. Um, 
because I've done a lot of half day, one day events um, previously before that. And then his three, three day dream out loud event was the first um, three day event I'd invested in. Um, and I didn't really know how much value I was going to get from it or if I was going to get any value from it. I sort of thought I've done a lot of self-development. I've let go of a lot of things. I was like, I don't know, but I did it anyway. And um, we did an exercise on the Saturday and um, it was a lot of bringing things up within your subconscious mind that are still there and letting them go. And he asked us a question. He, he said that we're going to write like, bring up something, someone that we've not forgiven in the past. So someone that's done wrong by us or us done wrong by them. We're going to write that down, write a letter of forgiveness to them. And straight away, I, as soon as I heard that, I thought, okay, I've done this exercise before. Like, I think I've honestly forgiven um, anyone that I needed to forgive. And I've, um, yeah, gotten past that. And then I thought, oh, well, um, there is a lot of things that I've been telling myself my whole life that I've never really forgiven myself for. Mm. Um, but I sort of went, oh, that's not really the question. Um, and then he comes around and he goes, who doesn't have someone they're thinking of? So I put my hand up and he just goes, write it to yourself. And I was like, boom, that just blew my mind. So yeah. um, I actually wrote a letter of forgiveness to myself. Um, just getting down on paper and actually forgiving yourself for all those things you've told yourself all your life, things that you've had happen that you've just never dealt with, mm. um, actually bringing those up, acknowledging that they're there instead of suppressing them. It, um, yeah, definitely gives you a power to actually look at what's happened and instead of just pushing it aside and brushing it off, um, you can actually look at it, acknowledge that it's happened and yeah move on from it from there that's awesome man and also the beautiful thing about that whole exercise like looking back on my life i can't remember too many moments where i felt such a strong energy in the collective of people so from when we did the note writing to when we walked down to where we went to when we burnt them and came back and sat in the circle like it didn't feel tense but it just felt like i could feel a strong energy around everyone and then when we're walking back, I just felt that release on, like, I just felt like everything was gone. And I was just like, this is powerful. Like these many humans getting together, forgiving someone or themselves together and then releasing that and that together as well. It was just like, I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. So was that um, when we went down to the beach and um, yeah, burnt some letters and stuff? Yeah, that's actually um, something I would 100% recommend to anyone that's um, had things happen within their life that they've suppressed and uh, moved on from, told themselves, I'm fine, I don't need to deal with it, I don't need to, I don't need to. Because um, that's something I did my whole life, like continuously had things happen that I just pushed down and I just went, no, I'm fine. Like anyone would ask, I'm fine. Mm. Um, actually acknowledging that they've happened, get a bit of paper, and write it down. Um, something that I find very powerful, especially within mental health, is think of someone in your past that's either done wrong by you or you've done wrong by them and writing a letter of forgiveness um, to that person. Whether you give it to them or not, you can burn it, rip it up, do whatever, but getting it down on that paper and then following that, if you don't want to give it to them, um, burning it and letting go of that. So acknowledging that it's happened and letting go of that, I've found something that's um, really excelled me forward in um, forgiving people and realizing quite what's actually happened that got me to that point of wanting to commit suicide. Mm. Because looking back at that, I do not want anyone in the same age bracket that I was to be feeling what I did. Um, Cause I was 17 when it happened. So I know what it feels like to think you're going to commit suicide and then wake up in hospital and actually have to deal with the consequences. Um, and yeah, like I do not wish that upon anyone. I actually really urge if anyone does feel like they need someone to talk to, I would 
yeah, say reach yeah. out and um, message someone that, uh, yeah, actually will be able to give you a hand. Don't just message old Joe down the street. You have no idea. Like reach out to someone that you know, either me, Ryan, anyone around you within your circle and actually talk about it because it's something that doesn't get spoken about enough, especially in those younger friend circles. Mm. Um, it's just not something that's brought up enough. A tool, I 100%, man. And a tool I use for my work on the work with people to identify support systems. I'm going to try and explain this about visuals. So you draw a circle and then the circle, you write me, and then you draw an outer circle on that one. On that outer circle, you write down your closest support networks within reach from you. So like if it's someone on the phone call, someone around you, who you truly feel like you can contact, then you draw an outer circle on that one. And that's someone that you may, you know, may be able to give you good advice, but you can talk to them. And then on the outside, then you draw one more big outer circle. And that's just like a long reach grabber type people. So it's understanding on where your supports are and how you do that is that you write a list of financial, you write emotional, you write spiritual, you, you write uh, mentally, and then you connect each one of those lists, um, one of those on the list, and you connect it to each person. So when you're in a time of a struggle, you know exactly which person to reach out to when you're going through a certain struggle in life. Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah, I love that. Um, and going off that, another thing I, um, I definitely struggled with, um, especially within that age group. So I was 17 mm. when my accident happened. And um, at the time, so my parents all my life have been very supportive. Like I love my parents. Um, but in the time I thought that me coming to them wasn't like, that wasn't what you do. I thought, why would I go to my parents and mm. cry and tell them I want to die? Because like, how are they going to help me? Like, they're just going to judge me and tell me this. But looking back, if, um, yeah, there's one thing I would do different is if you're feeling down, the most supportive person you're going to reach out to if they are a big part of your life is your mum and dad or your close family, anyone that's actually been around you um, and completely mm. understands. Don't just go off to old Joe down the street you've hung out with a few times and go, hey, mate, like I'm feeling bad. Like I would, yeah, definitely um, do not hesitate. Don't think you're going to burden someone. Mm. If you feel um, like you're on a down day or something, reach out to someone and say because – yeah yeah and if you let it build up it's just going to compound 100 percent of compounds and the more you store it the heavier it gets and you need to unlock that storage and start picking pieces out and when you do speak about it, you know like you said don't go to old joe down the street don't hit someone up and go to the pub and get pissed so you can talk about your problems like do it in a healthy setting yeah exactly right yeah yeah so when so fast forward a bit because i see, I see it now you involve heaps with brotherhood gold coast is it yeah, so no, yeah, I'm um, doing workouts with Brotherhood Gold Coast. Um, they've been a very big part in my life recently, um, especially over the last few months. And actually, I feel like uh, Brotherhood Gold Coast and Cool to Be Conscious, mm. um, they're the two places where I actually started to unpack things that I had um, built up inside me, even since the accident. So since then I never really had that true support network to deal with um, what had happened. I'd always push that aside and like I acted like it didn't happen. Like I was fine. And then I started to go to, I started to be cool to be conscious. That was actually um, a mate messaged me and goes, I hadn't spoken to him in quite a while. And he goes, Hey bro, like I'd love for you to come down and um, do a session with me. And I got, that message and went oh like it's breathing never really done it before i went oh like look man i don't really think it's for me but i'll come for one session and um yeah that was sort of the point where <laughs> things started to change it was you go you tell yourself nah nah i don't need it i don't need to go to things like that like i'm better than that and then you actually do it and mm. realize quite how much effect it can have on your life um 100 because from there things have just been continuing off going there it's like i go there i made another group oh 
yeah, awesome. And then another group of people, another group of people. And it's like you go to one um, one event to sort of help yourself and it's just going to keep growing. You're going to keep meeting people. And, it's a uh, ripple effect, though. Yeah, exactly right. And then from there, met um, Brotherhood Gold Coast. Um, so they, they do workouts uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday and Saturday. Um, just down at Burley Beach, um, on the Burley Bars Monday and Friday, on the beach in front of the surf club on Wednesdays. So if anyone's on the Gold Coast and they want somewhere that's going to be a group of brothers um, going at it together, they're in the pits, they're grinding, everyone's mm-hmm. struggling to get through it, but you look around and you see your mate next to you and go, he's struggling too, so you get through it together. And then following the workout, they do breath work and meditation. Um, and I know for a lot of people, if you've never done breath work or meditation, you sort of look at it and go, oh, I don't do that. Like, I'm not into that. But yeah. trust me, do it once and you'll yeah. change your whole perception on it. Stay open-minded and give it a go. I was the exact same because um, I started with Cool to Be Conscious too up in Sunshine Coast. That was always like, oh, you know, meditation, breath work. I was like, I understand it, but I was like, it's not for me. I didn't have dreadlocks and things like that. You know, I was like very, um, just didn't think it was for me. So then one day I just went up there. I didn't even know anyone there. I was like, fuck it. I'll give it a go. I rocked up, did the breath work after it. I remember coming out of the breath and like waking up from the meditation. I was like, where did I just go? <laughs> I was like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then on that day, I bought my ticket for the next week. I was like, I'm coming back. And then like three weeks later, they had like a full day retreat. It was like an eight hour day. I was like, I'm buying a ticket for that. I went to that and I was just like, this is full on in a good way. I was like the amount of stuff that I have released because I, before I went to cool to be conscious, I was, um, I used to um, struggle with negative intrusive thoughts. And I felt like that was the last piece of my puzzle in terms of mental health that I was trying to get a grips on, but I couldn't figure it out. Then once I saw the breath work and meditation, like the amount of control I have over my thoughts now is pretty powerful, but that's not saying that I don't, still have intrusive thoughts it just means now i can control them so just being able to um tap into breath work and meditation i feel like it's something that everyone should give a try um yeah if it's not for you it's not for you it's um something that yeah you just you look at it and you go oh no like i don't need to breathe like i breathe every day but when you actually consciously connected breathing um and you have that time to be with yourself and your own thoughts after the breath work is even to this day i've done it now for about i've been on that journey with them for probably about a year now mm. um and it's like every single time i do it it, it brings up something that i'm trying to push down it brings it up and it presents it to you in a way that you can deal with it and acknowledge that it's there so that you're not all your life just constantly something will happen you push it away push it away go nothing fine it's actually having things happen in your life and then you do that and you get to bring them up and deal with them and actually be able to move forward instead of um suppressing exactly and on a consistent basis too like you said you know you've been doing it for a year now and doing that consistently especially with the brotherhood as well because watching the brotherhood stuff like i know it's called the brotherhood but watching it, it actually is a brotherhood. Like it's a very supportive community and it doesn't seem closed off to anyone. It's like open arms, you know, we accept everyone just come along and join us for the ride. Yeah. And yeah, I love it. Like it's um, something I feel like I was looking for it for years. Like, so post my accident, um, I went through a couple of years of very deep depression after that because mm. I came out of hospital. I had a vast um, network of people that were helping me, like counselors and stuff like that. And through this whole process, I was trying to push it away and act like I didn't need it. Like I said, like, I don't need your help. Um, I can do it on my own. Like, I don't need someone else to help me get through this. So I kept pushing it away, pushing it away because it felt like it was being forced on me, um, which Mm. I know with mental illness, isn't something you want you don't want to be forced to be helped Mm. you just want someone to genuinely want to help you um so i did struggle with very deep depression um after my accident for a lot of years and then my parents got to watch so from day one when my accident happened 
they were the first people at the hospital and they um tearing up a little bit talking about that um they were probably my biggest support network from day one and they've got to watch my whole journey so from coming out of hospital i went into a very deep depression it was pretty much every day that i couldn't walk um trying to find ways that i could end my life and i was just in a state where i didn't see a future like i just had in my mindset i wasn't going to be here and i know i do understand if anyone's in that what it feels like um to feel like you're never going to get out and you're never going to be able to get past those feelings um and then i found things like called to be conscious brotherhood they got introduced to my life and even my parents say like we see where you are now and like it puts a smile on their face every single time because they get to see where I was in that um, in that area of just my mental health was consuming my life to being introduced to a group like Brotherhood, cool to be conscious, just group, there's a lot of groups everywhere, no matter where you are, that are trying to build build you up instead of rip you down, whether you like doing workouts or not. I would say go do a workout. If you're not fit, if you're overweight, underweight, just go turn up. They're not going to judge you. Um, I know a lot of people don't come down to brotherhood because they look at the stories and go, Oh, they're they're all ripped guys. And like, I'm not in shape. Why would I go down and do a workout with them? But it's not just ripped guys going down and doing a workout and having that ego driven, um, mentality it's actually men coming together doing a workout because it's like you're all in that shared suffering together and then Mm -hmm. following that actually connecting with each other on the deeper level and if every monday we um, set intentions for the week and talk about what we're feeling and what we're feeling coming into the week if there's anything that we need to bring up um it's always there like that group's always there if you need someone to talk to or anything Hmm. um so yeah if you are struggling with that i'd just say get around a um group near you and don't yeah don't be shy just come down say hey and um no one's going to turn you away yeah exactly just go down there with an open mind and just you know like you said hold no judgment especially to yourself hold hold no judgment to yourself and just try and embrace the situation and the people you're around because environment is huge who we surround ourselves with and from my personal experience, I'm going to ask you for your perspective. If do you feel like you get like a natural high when you leave like an environment like Color Be Conscious or Brotherhood, like you just feel on top of the world, you feel light? Yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. I, I walk away from Brotherhood in the morning and I'm just on a whole nother level. I um, where my previous job, um, I actually left because of, exactly what i'm about to say it was so monday wednesday friday i'd go do brotherhood in the mornings so i'd do the 444 session um and then i'd go to work and i'd walk into work on just an absolute high and i'd walk in they'd straight away say hey mate how are you doing and i'm like i am absolutely awesome and straight away they just try and tear me down and go well, why are you happy we're at work mm. and it's um i feel like it is you can be putting yourself in that environment where you're getting built up and stuff. But as soon as you walk into an environment, it's just going to rip you down. It's going to wreck everything that you have. So I'm not saying that if you don't like your job, you should just walk away. Obviously if you need money, don't just straight away quit, find something else first. But yeah, if you even your work environment, if it isn't serving your life and it's not building you up, there isn't any need for you to be there. Like, I feel like that's where a lot of mental illness stems from is people just doing what they need to do to get by instead of doing what actually makes them happy. And yeah. I feel like if we started to realize that and do what makes us happy, there'd just be a lot less of this mental health destroying lives. Mm. 100%. Like you, if, like you said, if you do need the financial support, then at least try and put in a plan to work towards something that will serve you um i can attest to that because that's how i got in my area of um of work is because 
I just started volunteering, no money for three months. Like I was broke as, but I just volunteered at a place hoping to go somewhere and then they hired me. And then four years later, I got to where I am. But it just shows that if you believe in yourself and you want to do stuff that truly brings real value to you, you will get there. You just got to commit a bit of time to it and don't let anyone get in the way in terms of when people are trying to be dream stealers and say, you can't do this because of this. You can't do this because my auntie uncle's dog tried this and it didn't work. Like maybe not for them, but it will work for you. Believe in yourself, stick to the script, you know, life's a marathon. Yeah. That's um, definitely something that um, we get instilled in us from a young age is like we have our parents, our teachers, all those older people telling us, ah, oh, you can't do this because what if this happens? Oh, but what if this happens? What if this happens? You just need to stop worrying about what if mm. and live right now. Like starting a business, um, I got a lot of that is like um, everyone around me that was sort of going, oh, but what if you have this happen with it because you don't have this in place? Or but what if this happens? Or what if someone does this? And it's things that, they're worrying about that may never happen. So we don't need to worry about them. Um, but yeah, I've actually started realizing now is you don't need to worry about everything when the chances are, it's never going to happen. Yeah. That's even things like in my life recently, I actually left my job um, because it just didn't serve my purpose. Um, and I did straight away. I put in plan um, another job that I was working less days a week. And in saying that it was like the money I was on at my first job, very comfortable, could live week to week and um, not have to worry. And then stepping out of that, I actually went from working five days a week, full time, always had a consistent income coming in to now um, I'm actually just working three days a week um, and doing something that's not tearing me down all the time. Yeah, It's going to be, a little bit harder with money, but it's not something I'm really that worried about because is a good job paying you good money really worth your mental health? Yeah, 100%. And it's like, it kind of, it gives you more time freed up to do what you want to do in life. You know, things like brotherhood, um, you're in the plunge business, which I want to go into soon and things like that, things that you can tap into more for yourself. And it's so so true man like because it's so systematic that we have to work five six days a week and do 40 to 70 hour weeks and it's like it came to a point where people brag about like yeah i did 70 hours this week and things like that but it just depends what you want out of life and what you value and whatever yeah. you value and what you put your time into as long as it serves you that's all that matters yeah i'd um yeah i'd agree with that i could not agree more on that um, cause I was actually one of those people. So sort of coming out of my accident, I stepped, uh, I was doing an apprenticeship when it happened. So as soon as I, um, I did sort of push past what they said and actually got back to work in four months. Um, and it was like, I went back into work being on apprentice wages. So it's not very good. And I was just working stupid hours going, Oh, but look, I'm getting this much money because I work this many hours and, little did I realize it was actually taking away from my mental health because I was investing so much time in work that I wasn't investing any time in myself. Mm. Um, and it's just, it's not something that you can sustain. You've yeah. actually got to have a balance in life. So that's something I struggled with for years. Like from the day I was allowed to work, I got my first job and my mindset was the more you work, one day you're going to be financially free. Mm. And that was just because of those limiting beliefs that I'd grown up with. No one's fault. Like that's just how the world is, but that's what was instilled in me that you have to work, work, work. And then when you're 60 years old, you get to retire and relax. Yeah. That was sort of where I was going. I was just working stupid hours. Cause I was like, Oh, but I get more money. And yeah, recently it's just come to a point where I looked at it and went, look like, this job's taking away from my mental health. Like, why would I value this over myself? 100%. Do you mind if I ask what do you, um, what's your definition of success? What does success look like to you? Success to me is just not worrying about money every week. Hmm. Like, I don't, 
I don't go, okay, to be successful, you've got to earn a million dollars or you've got to do this or do that. I just honestly believe that the day I don't worry about money is the day that I would say I'm financially free and content with what I'm doing. Yeah, that's awesome. Just more freedom of time. Yeah, exactly right. Just not uh, going and clocking in and serving someone else's purpose every day. Yeah, exactly. That's a good segue into feeling your own purpose and your journey by how in the plunge came about. Yeah, that was, um, that was, it was like an eye opening moment when I saw my business in front of my eyes and went, Mm. that is where I'm called to be. It was, um, so I went to brotherhood do an event called advanced to alpha, which I've now done twice. And, um, the first one was actually where my business came from. So what we did, it was the end of winter and it was about 7am. We're down at the bottom of Twin Falls, which is a waterfall um, in the back of Springbrook on the Gold Coast. So we're out there, we walked down barefoot um, and in silence. So that was like grounding ourselves and connecting with nature. So we got to the bottom and then all got in the water together um, and all huddled around in a circle. And to this day, that was the coldest water I've ever stepped into. And it was, I'd never done a cold plunge, an ice bath, anything before this moment. And walking in, because we had to sort of walk out to the rocks, slowly getting up to your waist. Um, it was excruciatingly painful, like walking in there, you're going, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? My mate even said, he goes, honestly, brother, I might have had a few tears come out walking into that water. I understand why, Um, but being in there, we were in there for five minutes um, in that circle, your brothers, you're freezing cold, but you look around and everyone's in the same boat. Um, And then when the five minutes was up, everyone gets out and it's like, I just felt like I was the incredible Hulk and I could do anything. I could go anywhere. And in that moment, I went, I need to be here. I need to bring this to other people's lives 100 percent. because i remember when i yeah. first jumped out a nice bath i felt like a silverback gorilla beating my chest <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and it's like every week now um i get people come down because we're at burley heads every saturday um and we get people coming down going oh yeah it's um my first ice bath this weekend mm. and like i get so keen for that because I know what that feels like when you don't know what you're walking into and then you get out and just go, what was that? Like, how do I feel like this? Yeah. And yeah, like I love being able to share that with people. I feel like all my life I was looking for a business that really connected with me. Um, I did start a previous business, which I invested quite a bit of money that never went anywhere. Um, But I feel like that was all just me learning And then I feel like this business I've got now in a plunge was just, I was just called to it. It wasn't something I wanted to do for the money. I don't really make a lot of money off it yet. We're in the early stages, but it's like, I really just want to bring this to everyone's life. What I was given, I want to be able to give to someone else. One thing I really value what you just said was, which I think is important for the listeners to hear. You said, I had another other business that I invested a lot of money into. And then you said, but it was learning. Not I failed, yeah. not I fucked up. It was, I was learning. I learned from that. Yeah, I feel like I that language believe, you use is huge. Yeah, I definitely feel like that's something I've learned recently because when I started that business, it was, um, I looked at it like, this has to work. Like I'm investing so much money. It's got to work. It's got to work. And then it failed and I'm, for about six months after that, I kept telling myself, oh, but it hasn't failed yet. It's um, mm. like, I've still got everything. Like it hasn't failed, but it was only at the point where I looked at it and went, look, like that was just me learning and actually starting to step into business. Like mm. no one walks in, starts a business and just absolutely brains it. No. Like I'm on my second business and I still don't brain it. Like I'm still learning. I'm still every single event I do going, okay, next time I can improve on that. I can improve on that. It's all a learning curve and it's, um, yeah, but if you do want to step into business, if that's something you feel like 
mm. you want to do. You just don't know where to start. Um, even if you see someone on Instagram that has a successful business and you look up to them, don't be scared. Send them a message and just ask them, say, hey, man, like, how did you start this business? Like, I'm really keen um, to get in. Um, and yeah, you can, you'll be surprised what the power of one message can do for you. Reaching out. That's that's so true, man. Cause I've reached out to people all the time and I actually do get quite a fair few messages back from people. Like people are very um, considerate and genuine when the approach is like a stranger, like me on social media. So don't be afraid to reach out to someone that you admire or, you know, you want to learn something from or just a conversation. Um, one thing that Todd Jarrett told me to do was he goes, if you know someone in like within like a three hour perimeter of yourself and you've always wanted to meet with them, you've always wanted to speak with them or hear their story, he's like, just reach out and say to them, I'll buy you a coffee for your story. And he's like, I guarantee majority of people will be, be would be down for it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely believe that. Like, hmm. yeah, I feel like um, no one's like, no one's going to shoot you down. Yeah. and tell you to go away there's like there's nothing to be afraid of um like i've learned in life that when you just break down that wall and actually go up and speak to people you would be surprised the friendships you can build um and what can come of it i know that when i was sort of started going to the gym i'd i was 17 and i was about 45 kilos post my accident because I was in a coma mm. for two weeks on a drip feed. I pretty much just lost any fat on my body. So I was pretty much all skin and bone. Um, I went into a gym called world gym, which is pretty much like big dudes who are like huge and very intimidating. But I walked in there and I saw that and went, wow, like that gives me something to aspire to. Mm. I still um, had that, um, vision like oh people like that like they just rip your head off if you went and spoke to them or something so I never did for months and months I um, never went up to anyone like I just did my thing I left and then one day um, someone I'd seen there a lot he's pretty big guy like um, I actually look up to him a lot now I always saw him there his name's Wayne and um, always saw him never said anything and then my mate that I was training with um, I'd only met him recently and we started training together. I was there with him and he went up and started talking to Wayne and I looked over and saw him and thought, Oh, like that's that guy. Like I probably wouldn't really want to go say, Hey, and then I was just like, no, let's walk up and say, Hey, like what's the worst mm -hmm. he's going to say back to me. And then from that moment, like I walked up, said, Hey mate, how you going? And he turned around and he goes, Oh, good man. How are you? And it was like my whole concept of him before that was he's massive like you wouldn't talk to him or he'd just scream at you or something and I walked up and actually started speaking to him on that like mm. level of we're just having a chat yeah and like there's a friendship that's been built since that and it's been years since that day and we're still good mates to this day mm. so I would say no matter if you're scared to go and talk to someone or whatever it is just go and say hey like what's the worst they're gonna do they're not yeah. going to shoot you down and tell you to go away because you came and said, Hey. Yeah. It's just creating the opportunity for someone to communicate and get in conversation with you because I guarantee most people will be like happy as that someone's approached them and wanted to talk to them because it makes them feel seen that you've done that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like I know now if, cause I walk with a limp um, due to my right leg and a lot of people see it and they're like scared to ask me, what the story is behind it but I don't see my past as something I'm trying to hide like if someone sees me walking and goes hey man like what's going on like you're good do you mind telling me a story I'd I'd 100% I if I was at the gym and I was halfway through a session I would stop I would go sit down with them and actually have a chat with them because I I love to be able to share that with people and I know that a lot of people are the exact same way. It's not something that you should be scared to ask. Like if you're curious or want to know something, just approach people, have mm. a chat and um, yeah, you never know what's going to happen. I can attest to that because the first ever time I met you, 
within 10 minutes of knowing each other, we both knew our life stories about each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. It was, as I think you were the first person, um, I walked up to at that event, I walked through the door, signed in my name and, um, we're all sort of sitting in the foyer area and I was walking over and we started chatting. I was like, Hey man, like, how are you hmm. introduced each other? And then we actually started getting in depth and I actually realized that you're in the mental health industry. And I sort of went, wow, like that's a bit of a step back. Like I've actually not met someone since my accident that's within the mental health industry that I'm able to talk about these things on such a deep level and um, yeah. really be able to connect on. So yeah, I, I love that. First time we met was um, 10 minutes in. We uh, knew exactly what our life stories were and were actually able to connect with each other. That's it, brother. Like I saw you walk in with your big smile on your face. I was like, I'm saying hello to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I'm excited to see what's to come for you too, brother. Like I think we've in a plunge just to start. I feel like having that service is going to be huge. It's going to spread like wildfire. And also you're using top of the range ice baths too with ice bolt recovery. Am I right with that? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. correct. Where, um, we're also on our, um, on the business Instagram account, we have a discount code. So even if you want to get an ice bath or if you've never even done an ice bath and you're just curious, like they're very affordable for what an ice bath is. So they're originally they're 200 bucks, but um, you get 15% off with my code and I cannot recommend ice baths enough. I always had this, pre-concept of it like why would you get in a bath full of ice like that's the least comfortable thing you'd want to do and then the moment i actually stepped in and did one is when you realize what why people are doing this you look at it and you go people are crazy who are doing that yeah. but it'll change your life um i that's have it, no man. doubt about it the uncomfort zone is the growth zone that's where you truly grow i'll make yeah. sure i'll yeah. link your um i'll link your business in this podcast description too so our listeners can actually go and find it and know where to order it from or use your service as well yeah yeah so if anyone's on the gold coast like we'd love if you've never done an ice bath i would say get down there we're going to be there this saturday um so yeah if you want to have a look or you're curious um i'd say come down if you're not on the gold coast um somewhere that you don't have access to people doing ice bars i'd say purchase one from ice bolt recovery they're only going to be 185 with the discount code and that's a very good way to get into it mm. um because yeah if you don't have access to it i would just say just buy one because you're not going to regret it go for gold <laughs> yeah <laughs> is there any um any last off words you'd like to leave with our listeners today um yeah so because I love this podcast that it's um, it's all around mental health and um, growing people to realize and be conscious of what's around us and what people are feeling. So if anyone is struggling with mental health, reach out to me, Ryan, mm. shoot us a message on Instagram. Um, my Instagrams will be in the bio. Send me a message. Like, don't think we're going to go, oh, sorry, I don't have time to talk to you. Like, I am more than happy. If you want to jump on the phone and give me a call, I am down for that. I always have time for someone if they are in need. That is beautiful. You're making me get teary now because I love when people, you know, just <laughs> offer that out there to the world because it can truly change people's lives. Just knowing there is someone there to talk to. Yeah, I definitely feel that something these days, especially with social media that, we're all hidden behind a screen. No one actually is face-to-face -face or on a phone anymore. So, yeah, if you want to get past that, shoot me a message. Um, like I'm happy to, even if you want to jump on a Zoom call, a phone call, whatever, I know what it feels like to be there and feel like you have no one around you. So, yeah, just reach out. Don't be afraid. And, um, yeah, it'll all be up from there. Yeah, well, thank you, brother. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you on what you're doing today um your story is admirable and it's very motivational in terms of 
the adversity of challenges that you've been through in life and where you're at today and what you're striving to do and the person that you are as well. Like the person that I met and the person I know now, you're just a beautiful human brother and I wish you nothing but the best. Thanks, brother. I appreciate that. And um, yeah, I feel the same way. Like I've watched you from the day I've met you and what you're doing for people is just, it's admirable. And I absolutely love being connected with fellow humans that are actually so conscious of what's happening around us and that actually want to make a change. Mm, yeah, for sure, brother. I appreciate that a lot. Thank you. All good. And I hope um, everyone at home enjoyed this episode because I truly did. And to find more about Brad, his business, his journey and what he's going through, I'll link all of his um, Instagrams and websites in the bio of this episode. And I'll speak to you all later. Thank you.